Hello and welcome. It is Tuesday, January 26th here on Sports Shenanigans with Mullet and Houston. And I have not yet recorded the latest of the run up the score episodes. But let me just say, I hope to God this goes better than that's going to. Because I already know that Ben Bachman has terrible takes on everything. <laughs> I, I don't know, Casey, I seriously don't know how I'm going to be able to do this episode based on what I have heard him tell me thus far. The, well, uh, the idiocracy. The idiocracy is off the charts. Disclaimer <laughs> for this episode, everybody. Um, Bo's gonna probably lose his mind a couple times. So if that happens, and you know you don't want to listen to it because you know he's right, um, just kind of fast forward. You know, get past that part. We, we all know what we're talking about here. Um, so just disclaimer: it's gonna happen. We know it's gonna happen. So you yeah. mean on on round of the score or here? Oh no, on ours. Oh no, Casey! Oh, <laughs> Casey, no, don't do it to me. Uh, it's in a different, uh, different aspect, not oh, at all okay. what you're thinking. Oh, okay, good. Because I'm just, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm just I'm, for our listeners. There's going to be a disclaimer on the both of us yelling at the screen. Yeah, I just, I've been told things already by Ben of what he thinks about things, and I already know I'm going to lose my freaking mind on that show. So I guess this is my little shameless plug. If you want to hear how stupid Ben is, and you want to hear me give it to him, watch for the next episode. But we're on sports shenanigans right now, where, I mean, we're both usually right. Sometimes I got a real KCN, but... um, I get it. (laughs) <laughs> I like to step outside the box. Toes, man. <laughs> but we are. Let's see. We covered the divisional last week, and so we had the conference championships games. Ah, oh, to conference championship games this week, and we had some headlines. Dear, in between, a pen just leaped out of my hand and then refused to be grabbed. Um. But yeah, so we'll get you all caught up on NFL. There's some stuff in the NBA. It's regular season NBA, folks. What do you want? But the um, not a lot. Yeah, but main focus is NFL. We're coming up on the Super Bowl, so that's where the news is. So to start things off, before the games even started, there were some waves made because other teams are already in their off season. They're making moves. Uh, first of which is the Detroit Lions hired Dan Campbell. Uh, He's the former Saints assistant head coach and tight ends coach as their head coach. And he made quite the impression in his opening press conference. I think I missed that, apparently. You missed... Oh! (laughs) Casey must have missed it. Okay, so folks, let me recap then. This press conference, you can't... You don't have time, Casey. I see you looking stuff up. You don't have time. I was texting. Sorry. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure because most coaches, their press conference are a half hour max. <laughs> this guy went for like an hour and a half. 
And he had, wait, so they go for a half hour max. He had a 21 minute opening statement of just him. No questions. And the big soundbite, I'll try to quote this as closely as I can. He said that this team will embody Detroit and get back up when it gets knocked down. They get knocked down. They're going to get back up. You're going to knock a tooth out. We're going to smile back at you. You knock us down. We're going to get up. We're going to bite a kneecap on our way up. And when you uh, knock it, and then we're going to take two hits to knock us down. When you knock us down again, we're going to get back up again. We're going to bite the other kneecap off. And then by the end, we'll be the last one standing. That was essentially that. I mean, that was the sound bite that went around crazy from this hour and a half two-hour press conference of the coach being welcomed in uh, of Dan Campbell. Um, I think it's split 50-50. You either love it. I don't know if it's, you know, 50-50, but you either love it or you absolutely hate it. And people had opinions on both, but no one was saying it was going to be in the middle. So, Casey, just based on this recap, this kneecap what do you think of motor city dan campbell (laughs) uh you know i'm thinking that you know he's coming in hot awesome i mean detroit needs something to get behind if it's the coach cool normally it's not the coach but whatever um (laughs) by the sounds of it it makes me think he wants to build a team that is defense driven is kind of what that sounds like i mean and run the ball down your throats like just a big powerhouse beat you up team which i mean when i think detroit i think of a big powerhouse uh beat you up kind of a place so (laughs) i mean i think if that's what he's trying to body for the team i mean he's gonna find some good players who will do that for him um Hopefully he doesn't recruit Nadamik and Sue back because that's exactly what he wants to hear. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it gives them something to get behind. You know, the Lions have kind of been a joke the last always because they've had Hall of Fame players who have just quit in the middle of their prime because can't do it. They can't do it. So, I mean, Having a guy coming who is excited to be there, because obviously if you're saying that kind of stuff, you're excited to be there. Um, it's kind of a step in the right direction for the Lions. So that's a little different than I took it. It was a... <laughs> I took it a weird way as well. I mean, it's a weird comic, dude. Uh, I mean, first off, I think it's a total cliche for a coach to come in and say that they're going to try and embody the city because every Midwestern city that a football team is in would be considered a blue collar, hard nose. We're going to embody the city. And then if a coach went to Miami, you wouldn't say that at all because, Oh, we're going to embody the culture of the city. We're going to do the nightclubs and the beaches and we're going to have a good time and we're going to have fun. And like, so that wouldn't work for a football team. So I, I mean, you know, so, but I, all I know is based off this one press conference with Dan Campbell, I most certainly will be 
heavily putting money on the under for the Detroit Lions win total this next season. (laughs) And I have no doubt that this team, I think Detroit, if they wanted a top five pick, they got the right guy. I think that's, but he got, he's a five or six year deal. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't know, but I am, I am not, I, I, let's, the, the Bears, Vikings, and Packers only need to be concerned with each other in that division <laughs> is how I'm taking it. You don't have to be concerned about the Bears, really. Well. <laughs> the Vikings, Packers. Well, and the Vikings can't – I mean, they finished third in that division this year somehow. That's weird. The Bears made the playoffs at least. So. Stupid. <laughs> Um, the Chargers hired Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley as their head coach. So this is a very high anticipated job. It, one, it's interesting. I'm assuming Brandon Staley probably doesn't have to move because same city. Um, yeah. And interesting because this was probably the most anticipated who are they going to hire because of Justin Herbert. And they hired a defensive coordinator. I mean, the offense is good. You got to figure it's doing okay. So get the defense up. A defensive minded coach. So I don't know. <laughs> um, I think we talked about that. The Ravens released Mark Ingram to save $5 million. Stinks for Mark Ingram. <laughs> I think he'll still find a job somewhere, but I mean, I I as soon as I heard that Mark Ingram was released so that they could save five million dollars. First of all, when 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 Mark Ingram signed with the Ravens, I believe it was on this show. I said I am surprised he only costs five million dollars a year when he initially signed coming out of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I as soon as I saw this, I don't know if you saw the video. Um, that Mark posted. Uh, all of his teammates gave him signed jerseys with messages on them, mm-hmm. and he he posted this video going through all the jerseys, and he has a crazy nickname for each person. I mean, great locker room guy. I mean, you could tell. So, as soon as I saw that Mark Ingram was released. I started the come to the Colts campaign one year, two or $3 million and be the third, be a vet, be the third guy in our, in our back room, be a great locker room guy. We probably might lose Jacoby who has been a great locker room guy, bring in Mark Ingram, great locker room guy, veteran presence and a solid third option for Taylor and Hines. Um, especially in the case of one of them going down. Um, so I am, I am here. I know, I know everyone says, Bo, you just bring everyone to Indianapolis. No, I'm strategic. I'm strategic. Mark Ingram, Zach Ertz, bring in a corner, draft a corner, Allen Robinson, 
talk we'll talk about the quarterback here in a little bit and we and i'm good that's and a left tackle that's it that's it that's all i'm good um so yeah bo wants everybody uh that's how he always is but moving on from that i just want good i want good guys i want good pieces i think really what bo is saying is he wants an exciting sign signing because the last couple years no one cool has been signed to his team like oh that's a big signing it's just kind of been like oh okay that's whatever signing so i think that's what bo's looking for really granted he does i'm just i'm just looking always looking for ways to improve the team that's me looking at mark ingram this is the kind of signing i think the colts would get behind because he's gonna be cheap that's what the colts are we being cheap up in here (laughs) um and he's a vet they want vets for this team um and i mean like you said great locker room guy uh really it checks all the boxes for the colts um and yeah i mean it's a cheap ad and and you bring him in and you let mac walk and you don't have to pay mac a big contract correct i think mac's going anyway but no, I think so too. But I, I do like if 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 Mac walks, we don't do anything with running backs, and Jonathan Taylor gets hurt in week two. We have Nye Mines and Jordan Wilkins, and we will be screwed. Yes. <laughs> Not that they're bad. I'm just saying, long term running consistently. Like I love Hines in the passing game. Like it's it's a different element. Um, let's see. The NFL changes the combine format. All on-field workouts will be conducted at on-campus pro days. All interviews are virtual, medical exams virtual, and limited contact, and it's not in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah, we talked about this. So I remember you saying you, uh, you like going down there. I just like watching it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I've not gone down there yet. I've just, I love watching the combine. I think it's a real saddening thing that, you know, it's not happening in Indy. It's not going to really change. It's going to keep being held in Indy. Um, but it's going to make it a lot harder to watch because, like, pro days, they have all in different days. Um, I like watching the combine because, you know, it shows all your wide receivers, all of your, uh, O-line, shows you all those guys in one era who are usually your top two, three rounds guys. And so you really actually get to know, oh, okay, this guy probably is going to fall around this range. Okay, my team's drafting somewhere in there, so maybe we could look into him. And you learn names that, like, like we all know Trevor Lawrence. We all know uh, Zach Wilson, um, Najee Harris, uh Jamar Chase, like all those big names going in the first round guys. But a lot of times it's your second round, third round guys who become the stars of the league. Um, so it's always fun for me to watch and see who it is. So it's going to be a lot harder to figure out who people are getting drafted. Yeah, I'm not sure what adjustments um, what adjustments are going to be made by the scouting teams and the front offices and stuff. Um, because last year they were able to get the combine in beforehand. Yeah. Um, 
The Eagles hired Nick Sirianni, the Colts offensive coordinator, as their head coach. Uh, apparently it was a good uh, – he used to be the quarterback coach, and it was when Carson Wentz was good. And so they are bringing him back for that. And I think Wentz is now going to be there. I think so. Yeah. Uh, the first female ref in the Super Bowl, Sarah Thomas, will serve as a down judge on ref Carl Sheffer's crew. Congratulations. Uh, big step in the right direction for women who want to get into football. Um, the big news that broke, um, I forget what day it was, but we woke up and I praised the Lord. Uh, Philip Rivers had announced his retirement. He had made the call for us. He retired so we can move on without any worries. Um, which brings up the question, immediately brings up the question, is Philip Rivers a Hall of Fame quarterback or a Hall of Famer, I guess? Casey. Um, it's a difficult question because he's never won a Super Bowl, obviously, but that doesn't stop many people from, uh, getting in the hall of fame. I think, I don't think he's going to be like a first ballot right away getting in. I think he'll be like, wait a couple years and then he'll get in kind of a guy. Um, because I mean, he played in the league for how many years 19 17 17 i thought it was 17 but i was like that ah, doesn't sound right <laughs> 17 years starting quarterback every year of those that's a heck of a career in itself and so you don't see that very often with starting quarterbacks usually it's like seven years and they're done because they they fizzled out so i think that is going to play into it and i mean he's had great stats all these years um so I think he does get in it. I don't know how fast, but he'll get in it. I definitely think he's one of these fringe guys. Here's the thing. Here's a really interesting thing about Rivers is I think everyone is kind of on the same page that Eli will be a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. And Rivers drafted same year, played longer, and has much better numbers than Eli. He just doesn't have the two Super Bowls. Um, I think the difference though, which I mean, Eli didn't have a lot of success. He has a, Philip has a better record period, um, mm -hmm. than Eli. Eli finished up about 50 and 50. Um, but, um, the thing with Philip for me that I, it makes it hard is he has five total playoff wins. In his 17-year career. Now, granted, there is an argument to be made. He played in the same conference as Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and um, Big Ben. Um, and so, like, all these other guys who will be going into the Hall of Fame. So there is an argument to be made for that. But... <laughs> They're also kind of going into the Hall of Fame because they were able to win those games and they also played each other. And, you know, 
Um, I, and people will say, you know, well, he was in San Diego and that organization's not run well and, you know, help and whatever. He had Ladaney and Tomlinson for most of Tomlinson's prime, which I wouldn't say isn't help. And he always had good receivers and he always had, he had Antonio Gates who at the time he'll, I mean, he'll be a hall of famer. Yep. Um, so I think Philip had a lot of talent around him. So I don't, it's tough for me. I, it's hard for me to imagine that a quarterback who's fifth all time in yards and fifth all time in touchdowns doesn't get in. Um, but the lack, I mean, I think Rivers is such a, and I think, I think Rivers is a fence guy. And I think that's what you're seeing. Some people think he should be a hall of famer and something people think he shouldn't, he might be in the, in the John Lynch category where he'll be, you know, going into his eighth time being a finalist to be in the hall of fame, waiting to see if he gets in. Um, I think it's tough. Cause I heard one person say that they don't want the hall of fame to turn into like the MVP award where it's only quarterback or like quarterbacks have an advantage to get into the hall of fame. Mm-hmm. I mean, you only let in five guys a year. And if you let Philip rivers in, you're going to over the course of this, you know, span of uh, Phillip's career. I think there it's something like eight or nine quarterbacks that have played during this span will be in the hall of fame. <laughs> and you let five in a year and so that makes it that makes it tougher too because you don't want to set the wrong you want to clear space for other positions as well um because you got guys waiting like john lynch it's his eighth time being a finalist and i think john lynch certainly was a great all-time safety you know um so I think it's tough. I think Rivers is on the fence. I think I would err. I mean, I'm. I would err on if he gets in. It's a long wait. I don't think by any means it's a. It's a. Uh, first, second, third time going. I think if Rivers gets in, it's going to be a long time before he does. Um, mm-hmm. The stats are great, but the lack of postseason and playoffs and all that, I think really hurts him um, when it comes down to it. But I don't know. I do. I will say to Rivers credit, I do like him better as a person than I did for 16 years having getting to see some more of his personality on the Colts. Um, he was a little douche for most of his career. <laughs> and, and I think he still is, but he is, he's more of a lovable douche than I hate douche. You know, he's like, uh, he's like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say that because I don't really know. I just always got the impression that Ashton Kutcher was kind of like a douche, but you loved him. You know, not not so much I now. Not so much. That. Not so much now. I think Ashton Kutcher is a great guy. I think he's done a lot with business and you know stuff and everything he's doing. Um, but like the, that '70s show, Ashton, 
I kind of got like he's the lovable douche guy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel it. And and Rivers was like the hateable douche guy. <laughs> but um let's see. The Steelers signed Dwayne Haskins. What? Wait, huh? What happened? What happened here, Casey? I didn't see this one coming. Honestly, I kind of did. I mean, really? Yeah, I wasn't all that surprised by the signing. Uh, you look at it um, at the quarterback room behind Big Ben, who's basically done. I mean, he might play another year or so, but he's he should be done. Um, so they're trying to get somebody who's at least okay behind him. I mean, Haskins is still young, so, you know, there's still time to develop him. Um, and then you look at that QB room outside of Big Ben. You got Mason Rudolph, who we have seen is not going to make it in this league. Um, they don't have Duck Hodgins anymore. He uh, is now on the Rams. Mm. So they really had nobody to play quarterback. And so – Dwayne Haskins probably picked the best place he could probably go to, you know, sit down, sit back, watch good football. Uh, Mike Tomlin's a good coach, so he can probably get as much as he can out of Haskins, and Haskins can maybe take over that team. Or, you know, it might not happen, and he's just a backup for the rest of his career. But really, I wasn't all that surprised by it. I uh, I thought they'd be more in like the Jameis, uh, Wentz, uh, Stafford, that kind of conversation. Not the we're just gonna go ahead and sign Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's why I was surprised. I honestly, after Dwayne Haskins stint in Washington, I wasn't sure he was gonna get another team to sign him. Yeah, it's true. Um. The healthcare workers are going to attend the Super Bowl. Uh, there will be 7,500 selected by teams from communities and honored during the game. I think there's going to be more fans there, but all the fans there will be vaccinated. Huh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so they're, they're special for healthcare workers. And then uh, Jennifer King is going to be the first black woman to be a full-time NFL coach as an offensive assistant in Washington. Um, so we're starting to see this now in like the NBA and NFL, like women refs, women coaches, starting to kind of not so much of a, I mean, it's still heavily male, but starting yeah. to see some, see some more diverse uh coaching staffs and referees, you know, it's not just all guys, I guess is what I'm just saying. <laughs> it was real funny to watch you uh, try to figure out how to make that statement. I uh, just, yeah, I, you know, it's, you know, I try and be professional, but let's just be, cut down straight to the facts. It's all, it, it's not all dudes no more. <laughs> well, yeah. And honestly, I think it's a great thing. I mean, you look at everything in uh, life, uh, women are smarter than men. 
There's a reason <laughs> longer than us. So, why we haven't thought, you know what? We should probably get a woman in here, get her opinion. Well, you know what, Casey? You know, you know, you know what, Casey? The, the first, uh, the first ever uh, protective cup, let's say, was invented in, I believe, 1842. And the first ever helmet was invented in 1942 for football. So it only took a hundred years for guys to figure out that their head was actually just as important exactly. as another area. So, you know, little delay in the thinking here. <laughs> exactly. Like I said, I mean, we, every guy looks for the most part, looks for a girl who's probably the better half of them. Cause She's going to tell him how to, what to wear, what to do, where to go, how to do it, and how to be on time. So, <laughs> I mean, I think it's a great addition. I mean, I, I like hearing that, you know, organizations are hiring women into some pretty uh, big roles uh, for teams. So, mm-hmm. um. The Washington football team also became the first NFL team to land a sports betting license, which I'm not entirely sure what that means. I'm not either. Maybe uh, we can gamble at the game. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Maybe like at the stadium, you can. there's a spot for sports betting. I don't know. At the stadium, you know, they're going to have a casino inside of it. Yeah, that's, that's where I'll be. Right. <laughs> uh. The Texans are still waiting to hire a coach. Apparently that coaching decision will not affect Deshaun Watson's desire to leave. Um, But uh, Eberflus, the Colts defensive coordinator has emerged as a favorite as well as Leslie, uh, Leslie Frazier, the bills defensive coordinator and Eric B the Kansas city offensive coordinator. Um, which I'm telling you one, if Eric, I mean, I guess the, I think the Texans are the only job left. Uh, so one, if Eric B doesn't get a job again, there's going to be a lot of suspicions because he runs the chiefs offense. <laughs> yeah. And two, uh, if I'm Eric, I'm going to opt to stay with the Chiefs as an offensive coordinator another year instead of going to Houston. <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. Yes. <laughs> There'll be so much better jobs available next year. So um, the Colts promoted Marcus Brady, their quarterback coach, to be the offensive coordinator since uh, Sirianni got hired by the Eagles to be the head coach. Um Antonio Brown was out for the conference championship games. So was Le'Veon Bell. Um, Stafford and the Lions are expected to part ways this offseason. So immediately Matthew Stafford to the Colts is what everyone is hoping for with that news. Um, And then in the conference games, you had Tampa Bay and Green Bay. And it was in Green Bay, and Tampa Bay won thirty-one to twenty-six. Uh, 
Casey, <laughs> what what happened here? So I was not able to watch the game, but I was able to listen to the game. Um, so very different uh, way of seeing the game because you hear commentary and all that stuff. That's all you hear. Uh, so from what I gathered throughout this game, um, started off really well, you know, touchdown, touchdown, both teams. I kind of expected that. I mean, you look at Tom Brady's record in sub 30 degrees, it's pretty good. And Green Bay plays in the cold all the time. So, you know, they're going to be pretty good. So I expected a good game. And overall, we did get a good game. Um, I saw, or from what I've gathered from, you know, listening was Tampa Bay's defense has played lights out, you know, these last, I don't know, five, six weeks. Um, have just been amazing and uh, really have carried this team. This all, the offense, obviously we had no questions about this offense is with its weapons and with AB being out, you know, that's one less weapon they have. But, I mean, seems like everybody on the team is a huge weapon. So I – basically what I gathered was the defense couldn't hang for quite a while – Jair Alexander is a boss on the defense. He was the only shining bright spot on that defense, I feel like. Um, so much that I told our friend Austin that, you know, if they were to win, make it a Super Bowl, I'm like, are you even a Packers fan if you don't have his jersey? Because he was the sole reason they could get there. Um, and then, obviously – there was a lot of uh, controversy from that last call of the game. Imagine. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, can you even imagine an NFC championship game with Tom Brady that would end in controversy? I think no matter what the game was going to end in controversy, but this one hurts a little bit more because the final call, it needed to be called. It was a hundred percent. That's what it was. It was a pass interference. And that's what really hurts about it is because it was, but they also threw the flag very late. So it's like enough time that basically they could go ring, ring. Hey, you need to throw that flag. So Tom Brady can go to the Super Bowl. Um, and the fact that they didn't really throw many flags throughout the game. So I think that's why it hurts the most. It's not necessarily, you know, Tom beat him. It was the fact that, Heck, Tom tried to lose it. Tom tried to lose it. He threw three interceptions on three straight drives. So it hurt because one guy ended all of our hopes of Tom Brady not being in the playoffs. Um, I think that's what I've, I got. I got a few other things, but I'm going to let you go now. Insert okay. uh, fair warning, Bo Rant. Oh, <laughs> oh, Bo's not gonna rant. He's just pissed because this is ridiculous. I am, I am so beyond frustrated. Okay, here's here's part of the problem. Here's part of the problem. Bo is a brave man. Okay, Bo is a brave man because he takes a stand for what he believes in, and he gets 
absolutely ridiculed for it by everyone else because he says things like, hey, guys, I think LeBron's better than Jordan. And hey, guys, I don't think Tom Brady's the best quarterback there ever was. And he's right on both accounts, but everyone else has been brainwashed by the majority culture into thinking that these things are true. Hear me out here. Everyone is talking about how this game proves Look at Brady going to 10 Super Bowls. This makes Brady the GOAT. This makes Brady the GOAT. Brady threw three interceptions and tried to lose the game. His defense is the only reason he will be in his 10th Super Bowl. It's absolutely ridiculous to credit this game to Brady. He tried to give it away. The Also, I would give a lot of credit to the Packers coaching staff as the reason why the Buccaneers will be heading to the Super Bowl. The Buccaneers had a touchdown right before the half. There were six seconds left. Tom Brady's in a parka on the sidelines, and they said, sorry, Tom, it's too long to kick a field goal. Just go out there and run a Hail Mary. And what they freaking do, the defense calls man coverage and lets Scotty Miller run right past them, and it's a wide-open touchdown. I, like, in that situation, any – Buddy with any common sense on defense understands just drop back play zone don't let them get out of bounds play inside out you know it's 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 just a it was oh my goodness it was just it was oh miss it was misconduct is what it was it it was it was it was oh it's terrible the the decision at the end of the game when it's fourth and goal with eight to go and you decide to kick a field goal, which by the way, by the way, me, people think I'm disrespectful to Tom Brady. The most disrespectful thing ever to happen to Tom Brady was Matt LaFleur deciding to kick a field goal with two minutes and 10 seconds left, assuming that he's going to get the ball back afterwards. That this, I just, Put it in Rogers' hands. He's the MVP of the league. It's fourth and goal. You need eight. Kicking a field goal does nothing except makes you have to get another touchdown. I don't, uh, if you don't get it, they're still at the eight and you still have to stop them. I don't understand the logic in it. Uh, anyone, anyone, Anyone who is blaming Aaron Rodgers right now, calling him a choker, he should have run it in. He wasn't going to make it. If anyone who is putting anything on Aaron Rodgers right now is an idiot. This is all the coaching staff, the uh, front office, this off, this past offseason. This is everything that they did wrong is the reason they lost this game on top of the refs not calling anything in the game to a point where it became a storyline that I guess they're just going to let them play. And then when it came down to a game deciding play, Brady yet again, overthrows a receiver that receiver they call pass interference. Is it pass interference? I suppose it is. But let me tell you, that was the lightest of offenses performed that day in that game. The, the effect on the pass interference had no effect on the receiver. He grabbed an undershirt and it stretched and he let go. And then the ref throws a flag 10 seconds after the play. 
to call pass interference and Tom Brady to the Super Bowl. It's I here's the thing that's most frustrating for me. I have never, never in any sport ever seen someone get every single call go their way. Brady has never had to deal with a bad call and every bad call that's been in a Brady game has gone in his favor. It makes no sense to me. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, except when it comes to Tom Brady, where I am 100% certain that in 10 to 20 years, we will have a 10 part 30 for 30, where we will learn of everything that was actually going on in the Tom Brady and Bill Belichick era of the NFL. The, the, the idea that you can never have a call go against you. You can cheat. You can everything. It all is too perfect to go with Tom Brady. Now, in the in the best quarterback conversation, Tom Brady's a top 10 guy all time. I'm not going to argue he's not good. I'm also not going to argue he is by far the most decorated player in NFL history. However, as far as playing the actual position, the Super Bowls, their team accomplishments. You, Tom Brady's always had a top five defense when he goes to the Super Bowl. He's always had a good running game. Despite what people will tell you, he has typically had great weapons such as Dion Branch and Rob Gronkowski and Randy Moss and Wes Welker. And this year he had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard, and Cameron Bray. A great offensive line and a top five defense. This team is absolutely was sold out when they got Tom Brady for this chance at a Super Bowl. I'd, the, the coaching decisions by Green Bay are beyond me. The refs throwing a flag on a play that hadn't a penalty that hadn't been called the entire game, even though the Buccaneers were consistently holding one led to an Aaron Rodgers interception that led to that second half touchdown instead of a Packers drive. And you had uh, the Buccaneers offensive linemen holding a Green Bay rusher on the same exact play and no flag was called there, which they would have offset and they would have replayed the down. I, it's absolutely mind boggling to me. I don't understand how Tampa Bay is currently in the Super Bowl unless the league wanted it to be Brady versus Mahomes. That's the only way I see this happening. Uh, The other thing I will say is it's suspicious before I throw it back to Casey and I'm sorry. But the, the last thing I will say is I find it very – I think the problem here is Green Bay played so poorly throughout the regular season that everyone forgot. So here's the deal. When Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, they signed, you know, Leonard Fournette, everything. They were the favorites coming into the year. Just by everyone going like – 
oh, that team looks really good. Just imagine what they'll be. They have Tom Brady, da, da, da. They played bad throughout the year. They're seven and five. Everyone forgot. And now they come in as a five seed. And now everyone's like, look what Tom Brady was able to do with this team. This team was the favorite. This is what was this. What was supposed to happen was this team was supposed to go to the Super Bowl. And then they did it. And you're acting like it's an accomplishment. They were that's anything less was supposed to be a disappointment coming into this year. I don't, I don't understand anything anymore. And all I know, all I know, mark my words, Chiefs by a million in the Super Bowl. It will not be a good game. And that's the end of Bo's rant. Um, <laughs> so back to normal-ish kind of talking uh, of my side. Um, I think we both need to agree here, Bo, that you can't question Tom Brady's decision-making skills because, I mean, he's made some great decisions in life, you know. Go be on the Patriots, you know, stay all those years. Oh, coach in the league absolutely okay i see a team is gonna be terrible this year i'm gonna leave i'm gonna go to tampa bay who already has you know very good team oh hey let's get a b to leonard fournette great decision skills over on tom brady's mindset or his front i mean a plus well yeah besides playing when he throws three picks yeah great decision making (laughs) crap the decision making for a career, like looking at that man, got it. He's got it. I'm not gonna question him ever on that part. Um, yeah, I'm sad to see him in the. Well, I'm sad to see him in the Super Bowl because I don't want to see him in the Super Bowl because you know, I'm a Dolphins fan and I've had him kick the living crap out of me for years. So it's not fun to see him winning. I don't care if he's not on the Patriots anymore. Um, it doesn't help. So I hope. I'll be rooting for the Chiefs. Uh, I have a feeling that from the get-go, they wanted a Patrick Mahomes or a Tom Brady Super Bowl. And, you know, it's going to be cool. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to roast them because he's Patrick Mahomes, and he's I, I would say he's better than Tom Brady in a lot of categories. I would uh, say he's better than Tom Brady. This is this is my short – you know, my – no, no, no. Short list in their prime, best quarterbacks ever. Just and I'm not even I'm not even including. I'm not gonna include Montana. I'm not gonna include Marino. I'm including since I've started watching football. Who am I taking in their prime at quarterback? It go not in any particular order. Mahomes, Rogers, Manning, Breeze, all ahead of Brady. I don't know about Breeze, but I do accept the others. Uh <laughs> Mainly because I've not really seen any Saints games where Breeze goes unreal. So, but, oh, you missed out. Exactly. Uh, but I'm just going to question the one. That's it. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to see uh, what Chiefs are going to do. I mean, they have the greatest tight end. They have some of the greatest wide receivers. Uh, they got a pretty good running back core. And they got the best quarterback in the league right now. So, I'm excited. Uh, I hope that they win by quite a bit. And that's it. I just, one more thing I have to say, 
One more thing I absolutely have to say, because it sums up, it sums up my entire point. It sums up my entire point. And I and I will I will I'm gonna okay. Just for context, quarterbacks in playoff games where they have three interceptions and a passer rating below 74. Okay. Tom Brady, your greatest of all time, has had four such games in the playoffs, three interceptions, passer rating below 74. In such games, Tom Brady is three and one. Every other quarterback in history with that stat line is 15 and 115. That's why he's not my goat. Now, I heard I heard Colin Cowherd say that same exact stat and say that's because Brady's different. That's because he overcomes. No, it's idiot. It's because he has a great defense and great other positions and great coaching and it all covers up any mistakes he makes. And I have never seen, never seen a quarterback who throws three picks and all of them are called by the wide receiver's fault when they're clearly not. (laughs) I'm just tired of it. I am tired of it. I would have given a non-essential organ for Tom Brady to lose yesterday. Actually, borderline essential. I might have given an essential organ for Tom Brady to lose yesterday, and I'd been asked to put on a wait list to get the essential organ back. That's how badly this bothers me. It's, it's, oh, it's so frustrating. Oh, I've got a sore throat. Um, okay. In we not- news, uh, Kansas City, as yeah. we already mentioned, has won. Uh, they beat the <laughs> Buffalo Bills 38-24. Bo, I didn't really pay attention to this game because it was like 21-7 to when I left. So tell me more. So um, Buffalo, you know, oh, sweet old Buffalo. Oh, they had everybody fooled. It's, it's cute, really. All the the major the majority of the money was on Buffalo. I had people telling me this year that Josh Allen is better than Patrick Mahomes. I had people telling me that the Buffalo Bills were the best team in the entire NFL. And then I just sat back and I said, I don't think you're paying attention. I don't think you're watching the games. And they said, Oh no, Bo, you don't understand. Josh Allen the way he throws this football to Stephon Diggs. I had one man tell me that he was as fast as Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to name names to protect to mainly to protect, but this, this idea, this idea that the Buffalo bills were ever, ever a real threat to the Kansas city chiefs. Man, I I hope they enjoyed it while it was there because it's never coming back. I just, my goodness, I dealt with foolishness all year 
long, and I was vindicated on Sunday. Now, granted, granted, Buffalo got up early. They were up nine to nothing. They they had a field goal, and then when they punted, McCole Hardman muffed the punt, and they recovered it at the three-yard line, and so they got into the end zone for the touchdown. They missed the extra point. So it's nine nothing Buffalo. It's end of the first quarter, and everyone's like, oh, the Chiefs might be in trouble. And then in the second quarter, the Chiefs put up 21 points as they do, as if it was nothing, as if it was absolutely nothing. The final total of the run was 38 to 6. Down nine nothing. The Chiefs go on a 38 to six run. And then Buffalo got a couple Chiefs scores at the end to make it closer, and it was 38-24. I mean, I tried to tell them. I tried to tell them. But it's gonna be the same way. I, lest you forget. Uh, the Chiefs went to Tampa earlier this year. And Tyreek Hill had 225 yards in the first quarter. Now I know Todd Bowles is going to have that defense play different than they did. So maybe Tyreek only has 125 in the first quarter this time. But this will not be any contest in the Super Bowl. This will be an embarrassing loss for Patrick Mahomes going forward. Or I'm sorry for Tom Brady. I'm sorry. I got too excited there. It's going to be an embarrassing loss for Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So greasy on some of that, some of that don't obviously cuz you know I'm my own man. I that's <laughs> my opinion. And I'm going to voice some of them. So, you said that the Bills were not ever a threat to Kansas City. Truthfully, I really do think at one time they were a threat. I mean, Allen has had an MVP kind of a year. So, and then Stephon Diggs is, you know, top receiver in the league. So, yeah, that together, you know, they've got a good offense. They can pull off the win. They've beat some good teams. And Kansas City can lose. They obviously have this year a couple times. Um, so they've lost really once they have lost once when Patrick Mahomes was playing. Okay. In the last 26 games. (laughs) That's one time though. So either way, it is possible for them to lose. Um, and when you have an MVP kind of year, you know, that you usually, you might be able to pull up the upset on the big, huge guy who, you know, is the face of the league now. So I think, Truthfully, it was going to be a. I thought it was going to be a good game. I mean, you look at the score, and it's thirty-eight twenty-four. Obviously, they had some gimme touchdowns at the end, but it looks like a good game overall. And I think, from what I gathered, is once they got down, Josh Allen tried to take the game too much into his own hands and tried to force some stuff. Which we all had questions about Josh Allen before this year, before he had this MVP kind of a year, whether or not he is going to be. A franchise quarterback um and now everybody's like oh he's a franchise quarterback he's amazing blah blah blah. he might be still might not be he could just have had a crazy year i mean we've seen players like that have crazy years and then drop off the face of the earth 
Um, so I think the jury's still out on that, but I truly believe, you know, it was going to be a good game. I could see, cause you know, I, the league fixes stuff cause obviously Tom Brady made it to the Super Bowl and we all have our issues with it. I could have seen it either way for this game. You know, you got Patrick Mahomes, the new face of the league, taking away the throne from Tom Brady, or you got the Buffalo, Josh Allen, and Buffalo's been getting their butts handed to him by Tom Brady for so many years in the Super Bowl against him. So truly, I could have seen it both ways in being because, like we said. Well, you see, but what I, th- what I think they want, though, what they wanted was the passing of the torch. They know that Tom Brady will lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the passing of the torch from the current quote-unquote GOAT to the future quote-unquote GOAT is what they're, what, what is what they're doing here. If Buffalo would have won, they would ensure that Tom Brady would win the Super Bowl. I would have a different pick in the Super Bowl. You froze. Yeah. There he's back. Okay, now we're back. Um, yeah. The crazy thing for me to think is like Patrick Mahomes, he's going to come in there, he's going to win that Super Bowl, and, you know, everybody loves Patrick Mahomes. I really wonder if Tom Brady were to have been on, let's say, like, oh, I'm trying to think of a weird, just a random team. Tom Brady had been on the San Francisco 49ers and, you know, he had all this success. Would we hate him nearly as much as we do? Or is it because he plays for the Patriots and we all hate the Patriots in general? I do wonder if, um, if Tom Brady would have been in an environment where he was, where there was allowed to have personalities show if, cause I mean, I think part of it, even with the Tampa Bay team this year, it just feels like robots who are who are winning and and controversially doing so. Um, for I mean, the Packers team, I feel like a lot of people rooting for this year's Packers team because it looked like Aaron Rodgers having everyone wants to root for Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams is a good guy, is a fun guy to root for. J.R. Alexander is a, a fun guy to root for. I, I the Buccaneers, there's no one fun on that team to root for, if you know what I mean. No one wants to see Leonard Fournette succeed. No one wants to see Tom Brady succeed. No one really cares about Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. They're not, you know, big, they're not big personalities. Um maybe the closest thing you get is you got Gronk. Um, no one cares about Gronk at this point. I think the closest the closest thing I'd say to like a player that people might be rooting for on the Bucks would be like Shaq Barrett. And not even because of a personality, just because he led the league in sacks last year. Like, and so you kind of know who he is. That's really all all that is. Uh, there's not there's not anyone that's fun to root for on Tampa Bay. I I love rooting for Rodgers. Uh, I mean, I'm not a Green Bay fan, but I love rooting for Rodgers. I love rooting for Adams. I love rooting for Jones. They it seems like a good group of guys. Seems like a team that's having uh, having a lot of fun. 
it seemed like it might have been the year, you know, uh, just based on the way they played all year long. Um, there's just certain certain teams that are more fun to root for than others. I mean, right now, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, Tom Brady didn't even do a bunch of commercials really um, for most of his career um, because I, I don't know if that's the Patriot way or what, but the, I mean, you never got to know who Tom Brady was except yeah. this little prick in new England. Um, the, <laughs> That everyone thinks is amazing and he's really nothing but average he didn't didn't start at quarterback in high school and was recruited late to michigan and was a sixth round pick and really all justifiably so um but the you know i just the i don't know i i get i don't get people who enjoy tom brady um I think that's the difference. I think I think for the next 10 years you might see Mahomes go on a similar track as Brady. I mean, right now he is he is an overtime, he's a coin flip from being in his third straight Super Bowl in his first three years. I mean, like <laughs> well, he's he sat the his first three years as a starter. Okay, that's what I was saying. I'm like, I think it's just four. Yeah, but he sat the first year. So his first yep. three years playing quarterback, he he's a he's a coin flip from being in the Super Bowl all three years. Um and so even if Mahomes went on a similar path as Brady, I feel it's different because I feel like Mahomes is more likable. I feel like that team is more likable. They got a lot of guys. You have Mahomes, you have Kelsey, um, Tyree kills kind of there. Um, Chris Jones. Yeah. He had, you know, he's got some stuff. Chris Jones, the honey badger by far is one of the oh, favorite, yeah. favorite defensive players in the entire league to root for. Yeah. Um, Andy Reed, every, no, I haven't met one person who just hates Andy Reed, you know, the, um, it's, it's just, I don't know. There's a certain rigidity that comes with Tom Brady that is repulsing. <laughs> I know it's, I mean, that just makes me question like what would happen, you know, but yeah. we'll never know. Cause obviously it's not going to happen. Uh, yeah. Unless we now jump parallel universes and we find out <laughs> when that, until that happens, we're not going to know. I'll tell you when it does. Um, post game, Rogers made some comments that sent the world a, few, a frenzy for about um, 24 hours and then it stopped. Why did it stop? Because he's not leaving. No, well, you can dream. The he, oh, he said things that. like the future's not certain and stuff like that, which. You know, we mentioned earlier Stafford and Lions expect to part ways and everyone started talking about Stafford to the Colts. And then all of a sudden it was a perfect, perfect illustration is that is that meme of the guy walking with the one girl and that guy is me and that girl I'm walking with is Stafford. But then this other girl walks by and I'm looking back at her and that's Rogers. That's what the that's what essentially happened in Indianapolis on Sunday night with the comments from Aaron Rodgers, it was like, well, I mean, if Aaron's up on there now, I, I, you know, we, we have, we have a resident baseball expert and there's a reason why he's a resident baseball expert, but he decided to throw a tweet out there earlier today stating that he likes 
in any case, Stafford more than Rodgers to bring in to the Colts' current situation. Casey, you said I might not like you. I fear this is why. I mean, I'm not going to say that Colts shouldn't want Rodgers over Stafford. I really, I'm not going to. But the thing that would make me question, which granted, it really wouldn't be much of a question, is Colts don't have a number one wide receiver. Um, and Rodgers likes to target his number one wide receiver a lot. Like, obviously, we've seen Devontae Adams just absolutely murder people in the last couple of years. Um, so that would be a big question for me. I Obviously, Rodgers makes every wide receiver better. So he probably would make Pittman a star and all that stuff. I think, for me, Stafford makes more sense because – think he's cheaper in the first part i'm not confident in that but i think he is and obviously he's going to cost less to get which means you're not hurting your future as much and then he also has dealt with absolutely just crazy weird teams so like he has experience with receivers that just aren't really that great or they're okay, they're just not great. So he knows, okay, got to make a play, got to do something. Uh, Rodgers is, you look at all of his wide receivers, I mean, he's always had a guy who is like, yeah, that's the number one wide receiver. So, I mean, you look at that, and obviously, I mean, you know it's Rodgers. Rodgers is going to do great no matter what. I think looking at it on a paper paper uh, format and all that stuff, Stafford looks a lot better because he can check a lot more boxes that help you for more future. So like we aren't putting all the eggs in a basket. Like if we were to trade for Rogers, because you have to give up three or four first round picks Stafford, you probably just got to give up this year's first round. And then you still have next year's to add more pieces in case, you know, it didn't work out. So obviously Rogers is way better in my opinion, but I would rather have Stafford because he's cheaper and he can get the job done. Okay. So I can see that. Um, the only, the only thing is I think the, the appeal that we could make is, Hey Rogers, I know you're really like, you know, the one you having a go-to guy, you know, I know you really like it. And you know what? We'll sign Allen Robinson or something. We'll bring in. Also, our other receivers won't drop the ball every time you throw it to them. How about that? This is a good pitch. Because Valdez Scantling has dropped a number of touchdowns. The Lazard had a couple drops. The most noticeable one was St. Brown on the two-point conversion where the freaking ball hit him in between the numbers in the hands and he just dropped it after Rodgers made some magic happen in the backfield. I mean, that's got to be the most frustrating part, right? Is that your receivers just drop balls that hit their hands? Like, and then – and then you're like, come on, guys. Like, they're already not doing anything for us anywhere else. Like, <laughs> the 
the the, I, the 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 simple fact that you've paid Kenny Clark and Zadarius Smith and all these guys on the defensive line, they got five pressures on Tom Brady, and uh, Rogers was pressured twenty two times. Uh, so it's just, I think, I think Rogers excels anywhere he goes, and I think. I think Rodgers is considerably better. I do, you know, it's nice that Stafford's cheaper, but there's a reason. You know, like, I think Rodgers comes in, and it's a different element. But I do think, I this isn't, I like Stafford. I think he'll do great. But it's just the fact that, hey, if if Rodgers is available, you get Rodgers. That's, 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 just, that's just how it is, okay? That's just how it is. Well, he's not really available, so. I know. They're probably going to keep him, and he'll be – and then they'll draft another backup quarterback, and it'll be the same team next year. But – uh, Yep. I do – I – man, I'm just going to be excited to have, like, a legitimate option at quarterback because we haven't had one for two years. Yeah. Um. Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Snoop Dogg, Bubba Wallace, and others are going to compete from home with the official AFC-NFC rosters for the Pro Bowl on Madden. And I probably will not be watching. I don't think (laughs) anybody will be watching. (laughs) This is like the beginning of the pandemic when they tried to do this. Oh, yes. It is. I mean, this is like a NFL. If you want to give me coupons for jerseys, maybe I'll watch. But uh, other than that, I take like, that. There's got to be some financial incentive for me to watch this thing happen. <laughs> Heck, no one watched it when it was the actual players playing the game. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, let's take it over into the NBA. Um. CJ McCollum's going to miss at least four weeks with a small fracture in the left foot and a midfoot sprain. Uh, Miles Turner has a fracture in his hand in his day to day. No surgery required. He is playing again. I saw him last night. Um, oh, goodness. I have something in my eye and it won't come out. Um, Delonte West is now working in the same drug rehab center he attended after being homeless. Um, Adam Silver says the NBA has discussed having players receive vaccines to educate people about its safety and effectiveness, uh, essentially a PSA ad campaign of sorts for the vaccine. As long as it's up to the players, if they want it, that's my, if it's forced, I will be very unhappy with the NBA and I may boycott. (laughs) <laughs> uh Kyrie Arden and Durant had their debut and boy oh boy was it everything I thought and more it was ma- did you see this Casey they lost didn't they oh yes they did they lost in double overtime by I believe 14 or 15 mm-hmm to the sorry Cleveland Cavaliers 
where Colin Sexton took them all to school. It was, it was crazy. Final, the, here's, here's all I know. The Cleveland Cavaliers, keep that in mind. The Cleveland Cavaliers scored 148 points, which makes sense with how good defensively I thought Brooklyn was going to be after this trade. Harden, Kyrie, and Durant played a combined 148 minutes because there's no one else on the bench that can play for Brooklyn. Granted, each Durant, Kyrie, and Harden balled out. They had, I think Kyrie had like 36. Harden almost had a triple double and he had like 20 some. Durant had 32 or something like that. I mean, they all had great games, but nobody played any defense. And when it came down the stretch, Colin Sexton was guarded by Kyrie and was schooling him. And then he was guarded by Harden and was schooling him. And then Durant was on him and he schooled him. Colin Sexton scored 20 straight points for the Cleveland Cavaliers in the overtimes. It was a show and immediately led to the questions of Kyrie Harden and Durant. Follow it up. It's a back-to-back. They play Cleveland again and they lose again. (laughs) Oh, this team. I, this don't, if you, I'm just saying, I don't know where their stock is right now, but if it's anywhere high, sell it now. <laughs> All righty. The, okay. There, <laughs> there's going to be security to enforce a no hug rule. The NBA is moving team security to mid court to dissuade violations, including hugging and handshakes after the game. And I guess yeah. before. It's, uh, I have seen a few of these instances. Uh, in fact, it happens with Kyrie, as we were just talking about him. Imagine that. Kyrie doing something weird. Imagine. And it involves Bo's favorite team, the Miami Heat. Oh, dear. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, a couple games ago, um, Kyrie tried to trade jerseys with Bam out of bio. And this no hug people uh, came in and no, 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 pushed them away, basically. And I'm like, thought we were hugging, so we could touch them, though. So that was weird. But whatever. Um, How about the fact that they just played on the court? Yep, that was my other thought, but whatever. (laughs) Um, And then, it might have been last night, uh, Kyrie, they played again. Kyrie took his jersey off early, got it off quickly. Um, and somehow he made his way over to Bam Adebayo and just was like, Whew, here you go, dude, and kind of ran away. Bam Adebayo shoved the jersey underneath his jersey <laughs> to walk away. So there's no hug rule, whatever. It's not really I, – I don't understand it. I don't understand how if they're playing basketball on the court, it's like when the NFL was like no jersey swaps. Like – 
you just tackled a dude for three hours. Yeah. What do you mean he can't hold the other guy's jersey? Like, makes no sense. I think, honestly, this whole pandemic of sports that figured it out, the NFL did it, I mean, I, I think as best as you could. I mean, was it fun? No. But they had no issues, no cancellations of games. No, I mean, everything went on as scheduled. Um, there wasn't anything too extreme, I don't think. Um, you know, a couple questionable things here and there. But, I mean, the NBA has just been – the NBA has just been canceling games nonstop at the at, at contact tracing, at the potential risk that someone came into contact. Um, and now they're not, I mean, I get, you don't want to have a big outbreak, but my word and the, the no, that just makes no sense to me. Why you can't shake a dude's hand after you run into him and rub up against him for three hours. Yep. I don't get a lot of the stuff we're doing. (laughs) Um, Curry passed Reggie Miller the other night. He's now second all-time in threes, 2,561. And I don't think Ray Allen's that much further ahead. I feel like Ray Allen passed him late in his career. I think he did. And I think Ray is like – he has like 2,900 is what I want to say. I know it looks – it's like another season basically. Yeah. But Curry's what thirty two? Oh no, I don't. Curry's gonna have it. Hundred percent, he'll pass him. It's just I think it'll be next year. Yeah, because he's far enough ahead. But I mean, Curry's thirty two. I mean, Ray 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 broke that record and stuff when he was like thirty eight and was much yeah. largely a role player. Yes. Um, uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's it's crazy where this the league's gone to three point shooting, and then I'm not. I mean, I'm curious as how many people will pass, you know, our great three point shooters. Like, will Reggie drop more than two or to three? I mean, heck, LeBron's in the top ten. I think. I think he is. He's somewhere up there, close. I mean, I think, I think, I think LeBron's like, he's somewhere like 13 to eight, somewhere in there. Yeah. I think. And then LeBron's not a three point shooter. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see the, Oh, here's a, the Miami heat are going to test coronavirus sniffing dogs. Why is this not news everywhere? Yeah, um, I'm not sure how this even works. Didn't I mean, dogs do, detect it. Do do dogs get COVID? Yeah, I think they do. Because you lose your taste and smell. So how does a coronavirus sniffing dog, if he loses his smell, I'm just, I'm confused. <laughs> Well, I mean, if a dog's sniffing for COVID, he hasn't lost his senses. I know, but if he catches it... I know! It's over! I... How did we train dogs to sniff the coronavirus? I don't know. And why is that not 
news. Why is that not a manual being mailed to everyone's house? Here's how to train your dog to sniff the coronavirus. Why is this what we're putting money towards when we could develop a cure maybe for it? <laughs> my thoughts. No, that's my thoughts on milk alternatives. Why, why do we not have a cure for cancer, but we have 12 options for milks that aren't milk, which I would argue is 11 more than we need. <laughs> Uh, um, let's see. Damian Lillard has a new shoe that's going to troll the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's coming out in the OKC colors, and it has his stat line underneath, um, inside for uh the to celebrate the series-ending shot in the fifty-point game where he sent him home. Okay, and then Jason Tatum has returned after having COVID. Oh, didn't even know he had it. Me neither. Um, the NBA and MBPA are discussing the possibility of still holding an all-star game in early March, and apparently it still will not be in Indianapolis, even though that's where we initially said it was going to be. They're looking at new locations. Huh. I mean – the all-star game, I mean, you can have less. There's, I mean, you'll have just a team. I mean, we're having regular games. So I mean, maybe make the all-star week two weeks and, you know, have a week where they just quarantine and the next week they're all together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. um, the March Madness is all coming to Indy. And it sounds like Bankers Life Fieldhouse is going to have the round of 32 and the round of 16. And then the Elite Eight and the Final Four will be at Lucas Oil. Oh, okay. But the, the round of 64, I think there's going to be some games in Bankers, some games in Lucas, some games in Purdue, some games at Butler, some games at IU. They're going to go all over the state. Wow. To get enough gyms to do the 64. Yeah. Um, Bonta Sabonis got hurt last night, knee contusion. They said there's no structural damage. I'm not sure what the timeline is. But it also snapped his streak. He has the Pacers record for most double-doubles in a row with 16. Oh, man. LeBron goes to Cleveland, and he put up 46, 8, and 6 in year 8. Teen. <laughs> and he lost. No. Did he not? I thought he did. Maybe no, that was a different didn't. game I was looking at. No, he didn't. Okay. No. 46 points in year 18. Eight, 46, 8, and 6 in year 18. Come on. That's crazy. Uh, Jamal Murray got tossed for a low blow, if you know what I mean, against Tim Hardaway Jr., I believe the direct quote was excessive force to the groin area. Hey, there ain't no room for that in the game. <laughs> Those are the street rules. Yeah, we ain't <laughs> street ball. 
the Mets they clarified that what? at the beginning of the game. I said unless they clarified that at the beginning of the game. If they said street rules, <laughs> dog. But <laughs> I believe it was straight up no street rules. No street rules. Uh, the Mets GM Jared Porter is fired after acknowledging sending unsolicited explicit images to female reporter while with the Cubs. And then, yeah. Bruh, come on. <laughs> you know that ain't right. You know you're looking at it and go, yeah, that's what I need to send. No. Uh, no, 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 no. No, no. no one that when they send a picture. No, your penis is not God's gift to women. No. <laughs> Nobody's is. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Nobody's is. That's exactly. Th- why would you ever think yours is? Nobody's is. <laughs> if she didn't like you. If she didn't, if she didn't. What else? If she didn't ask for it, and by that I mean explicitly ask for it. Because <laughs> I know some guys are like, well, she asked for it. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. No. She no. Didn't. <laughs> <sighs> Come on. Three-time All-Star outfielder George Springer and Blue Jays are in agreement on a deal. Good. Okay. Uh, Hank Aaron died. He was 86. Okay. And uh, Notre Dame is put on a one-year probation after former assistant coach had impermissible off-campus recruiting contact. Man. Uh, McGregor in the big news, McGregor, Connor McGregor suffered his first career TKO loss with a second round stoppage versus Dustin Poirier or Poirier something. I don't know what his name. Put it this way. Put it this way. The odds that McGregor would simply win the fight were minus 300 and some, and they boosted it to plus 100. So naturally, I took the bait. And uh, the odds that Dustin Poirier, or Poirier, I don't know, the odds that he would knock out Conor McGregor in the second round were like plus 3,500. Should have taken that one. Should have taken that one. I would have made more money. <laughs> Honestly, it's really not surprising. McGregor lost. I root for him to win because, honestly, I could not tell you why. He's kind of just a douchebag, and I shouldn't root for him. But I do. Um, but, you know, he left uh, MMA and went to do boxing and lost. And kind of lost his way. So, I mean, it's not a super shocker he lost because he forgot where he came from, basically. As LeVar Ball would say, stay in your lane. Well, I mean, he was back in his lane. But the um, I was just – I just wanted to take this opportunity. I wanted to take this moment on the show and take this opportunity to – um to apologize to absolutely no one. And that's a Conor McGregor quote. 
Um, so that's going to do it for the show. That is, you are all caught up. We will be doing Super Bowl next. Well, we'll be doing Super Bowl prep next because there's two weeks here. So we'll we'll be prepping for the Super Bowl. We will not be recapping the Super Bowl. All I can tell you is Chiefs by a million. That's all I can tell you right now. Casey just left the Zoom chat. So I am just going to wrap it up. I am not sure what happened there. So if you want to... Fo- oh, now he's coming back in, I think. I'm not sure what's going I on. I mean, I can hear I don't know what's happening. I'm not either. Casey left, and now his name's on my screen. This is weird. But uh, I'll just I'll just I wrap think it I'm up. back. Oh, I hear him. But I'm he's back. not. He's but not, I can't I see you. I don't so, see. I'm not don't sure see what's going him. on. I don't see him, but I can hear him. But I will just go ahead and wrap it up since we were since we were finishing up. So uh there is a link in the show notes that takes you to everything it takes you to the social media it takes you to uh the where everywhere it's streaming the show and it takes you to our email and everything to get in contact with us rate review and subscribe uh you can follow us on facebook and twitter twitter sports shenanigans uh, Facebook at Sports Shenanigans HM. Send us an email, HMS Shenanigans at gmail.com. Give us your takes. Um, I don't think, let me double check here real quick. We did not get an email from Mike. Shame on you, Mike. And um, uh, we will uh, be back next week to preview the Super Bowl and get you caught up on any other news that happens between now and then. Um, Otherwise, rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend about the show, and I think that'll do it. And now I see Casey. I have no idea what is going on. (laughs) But I don't hear him. I don't know what's happening. Thanks for listening, guys. There he is. Thanks for listening. Yeah. But that'll be it. That's it. Sports shenanigans. Pit stops are fast. Email us, Mike. Come on, man. <laughs>